0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us as we worship together, please?
1: And two, and
2: one, two, three, four,
0: God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire. Lord, I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day.
3: To worship It's so good to see you this Reformation Sunday. It was 504 years ago today that Martin Luther posted his 95 theses in Wittenberg, Germany. Today's announcements, Operation Christmas child boxes are available for sale for two dollars each. These boxes will last many years and remind the recipients of the love of God. There will be an administrative board meeting Tuesday, November 9th at 6:30 in the children's classroom. Our homework for November is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Pastor Jim would like to speak to the congregation.
4: Good morning. Good to see all of you here on this Reformation Sunday. You know, as it says, the the church reformed always stands in need of reformation, you know, as do each and every one of us. Well, what I wanted to... I always refrain from doing things like this because I always feel like I'm going to leave somebody out. But I want to say that I want to say thank you to everybody that was involved in one the pumpkin patch, which again was a record success. Okay, which is amazing, considering we didn't even, we almost we were short a week basically. The trunk or treat last night was a super. Super success. Again, thanks to everybody. And a special thanks to Jessie, because I know she did all sorts of work you know, to get it done. Um, a big thank you to everybody that was involved. I know uh, Steve Work, too, was very, very instrumental in the sound system and a lot of other things behind the scenes. So anyway, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody.
3: scripture reading for today is from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, and so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for your never-ending love and grace. Let us always remember that we have been blessed to be a blessing, and that with much is given, much is required. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we may be faithful, gentle, and self-controlled. Amen.
2: Who am I that the highest king would welcome you? I was lost, but he brought me in. His love for me. Oh, His love for me. Who the sunset?
1: Jim already said thank you to all the volunteers who came up for Chunk or Treat, but I wanted to repeat the sentiment. Um, I appreciate every single person who showed up to be a neighbor in our community to the people around us, to bring joy to the lives of the kiddos that were there. It got off to a rough start. It did, and I was having trouble producing fruit for Jesus at that moment. I was producing frustration and anger and a whole lot of things, and You all blew me away because our volunteers that came out, our church family that came out, you all were producing so much love and joy and kindness and peace, and you reminded me what I needed to be doing. And after that happened, we had an amazing time, right? It was a wonderful time. The kids got candy. That was perfect. We ran out of candy, our back stock of candy. And if anybody saw my classroom, my entire table was mounded with these piles of candy that y'all had donated. Those were gone before 6 p.m., And we had to go get two more loads of candy to uh, try to keep the event going. But it was a wonderful time. The kids had a lot of fun. And we got to be good neighbors and share God's light in the world around us. We actually had a best trunk contest because I wanted to make sure my volunteers who were there to pass out candy got a little bit something back, right? And so we had some fun. Uh, All the attendees were able to vote on their favorite trunk. And I I wanted to uh, give props to the winner of that because in third place, we had Harry Potter, And let me tell you, I was astounded that Harry Potter was in third place because I would have voted first for Harry Potter. And then in second place, we had an awesome spider-themed trunk, right? Lights, spiders, spider webs everywhere. It looked like they were crawling out of the trunk. It was pretty amazing. But in first place, first place for our trunks, we had the light of Jesus, Pastor Jim's trunk. Won first place (laughs) and was voted most popular. And he had an entire Christian pumpkin theme going on, and I thought that was an amazing and wonderful thing and a reminder to me to spread that joy around also, just like everybody else was doing. So I wanted to thank everybody for coming out. All right, let's do this stuff, right? We're going to talk about Jesus. We've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit, right, the past couple of weeks, and those are what we produce when we're walking with Jesus every day and we have the Holy Spirit inside of our heart, Right? Those are those things, I wrote the list down, but I've also memorized it on a song now, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of those things are easier to produce than others, right? I don't know about you, but patience and self-control are very low on my list. They don't come out that often. But things like kindness and joy, those should come out very easily, right? We get those through God. We get love through God, and they come out. And that's what shows other people that we are Christians, that we're followers of Jesus. They're not meant for us, right? We talked about that we're not meant to keep the fruits of the Spirit for ourselves. They're things that are supposed to be passed around to other people to show God's love to them. So we're supposed to pass the fruit like we pass the salt, right? Well, today I wanted to talk about what I think is actually the key part of that the most important fruit, if you will. I think there's a reason why love is listed first. Because if you have love first, all of the other ones fall into place, right? If we have love and we're meeting everybody that we meet in love, and God's love, things like patience should come naturally to us because God's love is patient with us. Things like joy should come naturally to us because God gives us joy in our lives, Right? That calm that he provides for us when we're in the middle of a storm and things just are not going our way, which I was totally feeling last night for a little while there. It's just not going our way. But he brings over a calm over us, right? If we remember that he's there and we look to that, we will produce that calm also. All of those things come from a place of love. There was no storm last night. There was a storm inside my heart. I was upset for a little while there. Things were not going my way. I had a perfect plan and none of it happened. But you know what? God had an even better plan, an even more perfect plan, and that did happen. And if I had approached my plan falling apart in love and God's love, maybe it would have brought his plan faster. Maybe I shouldn't have fought it a little bit, right? But the fruit of the spirit is what we produce to other people, and if we are producing love first, if we are treating everyone we meet with love first, all of those other things are going to fall in place, right? We've talked about how Jesus, or how um, we were told that as disciples of Jesus, people will know us by our love for each other. We focused us on that last week. That's how we show that we are disciples of Jesus. That's how we produce that fruit. And I wanted to to connect that also to the greatest commandment, right? Jesus told us what's most important. He didn't pick one of the Ten Commandments. He gave us two new ones. What are those two new ones? Do you remember?
2: Uh, Love God with all your heart and love your
1: neighbor. That's right. Love God first before everything else. And love your neighbor as yourself. And I would even say to love your neighbor as God loves you, right? Because I don't always love myself. Am I the only one? Does everybody love themselves all the time? There are times where I really don't like myself. And I'm like, what is going on? I need to reset something here. But I know that even in that moment, God loves me more than anything else. And if I treat my neighbor that way, with that God love, instead of my own self-love, oh my gosh, what a beautiful world it would be, right? If we could all just treat each other with the love of God, instead of the love of the world. And that's what I want us to focus on today when we go into spark worship. Grown-ups out there and parents, I wanted to let you all know that we're going to be packing shoeboxes next week in the children's classroom during Sunday school. We're going to do a little mini packing party. The children's ministry will provide hygiene products to go in the shoeboxes. But if the kiddos have donations of school supplies or fun toys to go inside there, we would love to have them. And today we're going to be working on a mission project. And we're going to be creating toys and games to go inside those shoeboxes also. So that we can share God's love to the world around us. We don't know where those toys are going or who they're going to touch. But we hope that they feel God's love when they receive them, right? All right, let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear Jesus... Thank you for showing us how to meet our neighbors in love. Open our hearts to do the same. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's head out the side to spark worship.
4: Well, good morning again. My first rainbow this morning is the rainbow, as usual, to see all of you on this great morning, you know. It was a little bit better yesterday. It was forty-eight yesterday when I got up. This morning it was back up to 52, back up in the fifties. But it's still that still beats the seventies for first thing in the morning. Any day, you know. So praise the Lord for that. All right, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the crisp air, the coolness that reminds us of your love and goodness. Lord, we lift up all of those that were named, that need healing. We lift up, again, grateful hearts to you, hearts of thanksgiving for all the many, many blessings we have, particularly the blessings that come to us in the form of other people that you have placed in our lives. Lord, we lift up those anywhere in the world where there's violence. We ask that there would be peace. In that vein, we we lift up the leaders of this world, that they would seek and do your will. Lord, guide us all with your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes and our ears and our understanding this morning. As we look into your word, let us be filled with your spirit and love. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we might be for this world your son. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, how it be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done Carol read in the announcements today is Reformation Sunday. So it's 504 years ago today in uh, 1517 that Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses on the Chapel Door in Wittenberg, Germany, which started what's been referred to as the Protestant Reformation. Of course, we came out of the English Reformation, right? Our heritage is that the whole change for reforming the church was really started then by Martin Luther, and it's interesting. And, uh, and the passage that Carol read this morning came out of Romans chapter eight, and that was that was the instrumental chapter, the chapter that you know broke the the. The straw that broke the proverbial camel's back for Martin Luther when he finally got a hold of what it said in Romans 8. We're finishing up this morning. Well, maybe I shouldn't say finishing up. Hopefully we'll never finish up our study of the fruit of the Spirit. This is a fun day in a lot of ways for a lot of people. You know who likes this today better than anybody, right? The dentist. I'm sure they're probably getting together and having a big party tonight because they're thinking about all that candy that's being consumed, all those cavities they can bill for. But no, on on a more serious note, we'll go ahead and read our sermon text scripture reading, which most of you are familiar with by now. Consider the Word of the Lord. By contrast... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the spirit let us also be guided by the spirit let us not be overcome not let us not become conceited competing against one another envying one another the word of the lord for the people of the lord Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, again, we, we stand in awe of your mercy and goodness. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. So the last three here that we're talking about this morning are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What is faithfulness? I guess we've all, all thought about it. Faithfulness, I think, is being it's being true to our duty, our purpose, in carrying those things out, particularly things that we say. Faithfulness, of course, is tied up with faith and we know that faith is something that we can't see with our eyes we can't we can't get a clump of faith like we can a book or some other tangible thing and actually touch it and hold it and throughout the bible there are many 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 references to keeping our word, keeping our, our oaths, simply doing what we say we're going to do. And again, lest we forget, the, we are to be led by the Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit after He left us so that we could be guided into these things and have... You know, again, it says it's the fruit of the Spirit It's not the fruit of jim or anybody else right it's the fruit of the spirit we can't do it on our own none of us are capable of doing it on our own just like none of us are capable of saving ourselves none of us are capable of producing the fruit of the spirit alone we do it with the spirit working with god again God works with us and puts us here but having said that again it's when we when we exhibit the fruit of the spirit we're exhibiting the qualities of God we are being like God who in what many places but one of the places that it tells us that God is faithful is in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 and it says of God it says God is faithful Faithful, God keeps his covenant to a thousand generations. And, of course, that doesn't mean it just stops at the end of a thousand generations. That's just a, a way of saying it never ends, right? It goes on and on and on and on. And Jesus reminded us that whoever is faithful in little things is faithful in big things. As a pastor, as a pastor, this is one of the things that I have seen over and over and over and over again in the, in the churches that I have served. This is a place where many, many Christians need to seek God and ask for guidance of the Spirit. I think part of it has to do with our, I don't know, our overall culture these days or whatnot. But when you write your name down that you're going to do something, though it may seem trivial to you, something going on in the church, if something legitimately comes up to stop you, and it happens. That happens in all of our lives. That's okay but you should make every effort you can to get somebody to take your place. That's your responsibility. That's part of faithfulness. That's part of being a disciple of Jesus. That's part of being a good Christian. I have seen countless times when my term is, is somebody's got a better offer, right? Oh, we've got friends coming into town, or we heard we could go to such and such or do, so, or do something else, you know. That's fine if those things come up. But if, if, they, if they do and they're legitimate, again, replace yourself if you say you're going to do something, okay? You know, enough preaching, right? But it is important. It is important. God is faithful, and we know God to be faithful. And when we go out into the world you know when when martin luther he, even it was no different in martin luther's time than it is today believe it or not you know martin luther was was saying among other things he was calling the church to be faithful one of the reasons the church is so impotent in the world today is because people look at us and they say well those people are just like everybody else. They're just like everybody else, so why should I be any different? If we are faithful, then we do what we say we're going to do. That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. And it's a fruit of the Spirit. Again, we get it when we work with God. We get it when we work with God. Then it, t- it talks about gentleness. Gentleness. Wow. Second Timothy 2.24 says, the servant of the Lord is gentle, gentle. That's being not harsh, kind, considerate, considerate. That's a good word for it, considerate of others. And again, if we're in harmony with the Holy Spirit, if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, this comes through in us. We're gentle people. We're gentle people. Do any of you have a concept of Jesus as not being a gentle person? Maybe you do. but And, and I, think, I think even when Jesus did things that some people might consider not so gentle, he probably did it in a pretty considerate manner most of the time. And gentleness also goes along with being at peace being comfortable with who you are how many of you have ever been to the grand canyon anybody in here been to the grand canyon how many of you have ever been to Paladura canyon right okay okay now did you think of, hey, when you when you're there i'm sure you've probably thought about it at one time those places were flat land they were flat land And then a little bitty trickle of water started going across it, right? And that little bitty trickle kept going and going and going. And pretty soon you had these mammoth canyons that were cut. There's nothing much more gentle than a flowing stream of water, right? Just because something's gentle does not imply that there aren't results that come from it right again this ties in with meekness we talk about you know the the bible tells us that Moses was the meekest person that ever lived hmm. interesting to think that, anyway. so gentleness and then I'll, and then i'll 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 stop our discussion or or, or pause our discussion on gentleness with one of my favorite verses, again, that has to do with gentleness, I think. It's Isaiah 30, 15. It says, in quietness and trust will be your strength, right? We can be gentle, we can be quiet. That also ties in with what we've been reading this month in Romans 12, Right? We don't take revenge. That's not our place. Our place is to be gentle and follow God's plan by the Holy Spirit. Self-control. Wow. There's a good one, right? Self-control. What is self-control? Self-control is governing ourselves with our will. And again, remember, when we read in the Bible, when we read will or spirit or heart, most of the time those three terms are interchangeable. They're interchangeable. All of our being is subject to our will. But everything works together Everything works together. Now here's the kicker, right? God gave each of us free will. God created us in God's image, and that at least implies that we are free, we have freedom, and we have creativity. And we have creativity. So all of us, all of us are blessed with the ability to either create good or create evil. And it all boils down to how we are using that free will that God gave us. When our free will is operating properly, the way God intended for it to be, then we are in conjunction with God's will. Our will is subordinate to God's will and our will is acting in harmony with God's will. We prayed it this morning, right? Not my will, but thy will be done, right? Thy will be done. Most of the time, most of the time, though, and it's become really popular, one might say, in this day and age, we act on our faith feelings. We act on our feelings. When we act on our feelings, we nearly always are not acting in conjunction with God's will. We make our will subservient to our feelings, and it should be the other way around. Our feelings should be subservient to our will when it's in line with the Holy Spirit with God. When we listen and act upon our feelings instead of our will in alignment with God's will, we usually, we usually don't take the long-term view, which leads to all sorts of mishaps, right? It's the number one fallacy in economics, right? People don't look at the long-term view. They look at the short-term view, you know. You can have this car for 72 payments of $860 a month, right? Most cars aren't in that good of shape after 72 months. But people do it all the time. And if any of you did it yesterday or the day before, God bless you, you know. But uh, in 1970, a couple of psychologists at Stanford did a test. And a lot of you may be familiar with it. It's called the Marshmallow Test, right? It's called the Marshmallow Test of Dr. Walter Mischel and Dr. Ebby Evanson did the test. And what they did, they took a bunch of uh, kindergartners and they took them into the room. I didn't bring marshmallows. Because marshmallows would get mushy in my pocket and it would make a big mess, you know. But I but I brought some candy because candy's readily available since there was a trunk or treat last night, right? And and other things going on today. And what they did, what they did to these preschoolers was they said, You can have a marshmallow, right? And they they gave the preschoolers a marshmallow. And they said if you will wait for 15 minutes and not eat that marshmallow, I'll give you two more marshmallows. Okay? Well, the majority of the kids squirmed for a few minutes, but a good number of them ate their marshmallow before 15 minutes was up. You know? If you fall into that category, you know. All right? But a reasonable percentage of the preschoolers waited the 15 minutes and they got the other two marshmallows, right? Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting thing. They followed up with these children, you know. Wouldn't have been much of a study if they had just said, you know, some kids can wait 15 minutes for two, marsh- two more marshmallows. Delayed gratification, right? A term we don't hear much these days. You know, we want, we want, want, we want everything yesterday, right? You know, we don't, we don't want it right now. We want it, we want it before right now. They followed up 59 of these children. A number of years later, they actually did MRIs on their prefrontal cortexes, right? The, the parts of our brains that are the most analytical and do things. And the children who waited 15 minutes showed much more activity in prefrontal cortexes than the ones who didn't. Moreover, the ones the ones who waited the 15 minutes made better grades in school, made higher scores on their SATs, had better BMIs, body mass indexes, right? Fewer of them were overweight. Go figure, if you can wait 15 minutes to, to get... You know, you'd you'd think that'd be counterintuitive, right? Because the ones that ate it right away, they only got one marshmallow; they only got a third of the calories that the that the other ones got. But anyway, and they had generally better outcomes in lives. Their marriages lasted. They had better-paying jobs. All those sorts of things. Okay. Now here's the good news. Here's the good news. We can all get those sort of results by working with the Holy Spirit, right? By listening to the Holy Spirit, because one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And again, we're talking, we were talking about freedom and creativity. And there it says, right? There's no law against these things. The fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against that. Because if, if we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, we're free to do whatever we want to do. You know, Jesus said, you know, one of the one of the startling things that Jesus said back there in what John chapter 14, I think, he said, Whatever you ask for in prayer you'll get. Now that's not a standalone statement. What he he was really saying, I believe, is whatever you ask for, if your will is in line with God's will and it's the right thing, it'll happen. Did you ever notice that right before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, right? And that's, that's something all of us do pretty much all the time, you know, raise dead people. But before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead... He said, what? He said, I thank you, Father, that you heard me, that you heard me. See, he was was acting again. Jesus, who besides being our Lord and Savior and everything else, he's the best example any of us will ever get on how to live. He was showing us that he was working with God. God wants us to work in conjunction with Him. Now it's been 504 years since of uh, Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation, and I would argue if we rose old Martin Luther up from the dead today that he would probably say, hmm, we could have done better, right? In many, many, many ways, the injustices, the lack of the kingdom of God being manifest among us, it's pretty much the same way as it was back there in 1517, you know? Because, again, we haven't been obedient to the Spirit. When Carol read that, that passage this morning, too, it reminded me of Archie Bunker. Do you all remember Archie Bunker? Do you all remember Archie's son-in-law? what Archie's name for him meathead that's exactly right and that's what Paul said in Romans chapter eight he said if you are carnally minded means if you're a meathead right then uh, I mean that's what to be carnally minded would be right it'd be a meathead so he said if you're carnally minded then you do the things of the flesh but you don't have to be carnally minded you can be led of the spirit right you can be led of the Spirit. And Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, he said, What? He said, He said, The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news that we read again in uh, Hebrews 13, 5. It said, he's, He said, He will never leave you or forsake you. So when your flesh is weak, pray to the Lord. He'll send the Holy Spirit, and you too can have faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.